Welcome to the Top 5, where each week I discuss my top 5 takeaways from the NASCAR race. This week, Kansas Speedway. Hello and welcome to the Top 5. I am your host, Connor, and each week I take about 15-20 minutes to break down my Top 5 thoughts from the NASCAR race. But before we get into that, I would like to ask you to take a moment to join me on Facebook. Facebook, uh, just hit the search bar and search the top five, all spelled out. Uh, Not the number five, the word five. Uh, And you can interact with me, share your thoughts. I post the episodes uh, on there and you can tell me if you disagree with any of my points or agree. Also, you can find me on patreon.com forward slash the top five. Same thing. There's a comment section. I'd love to hear what you think. You want to tell me I'm completely wrong or completely right or somewhere in between. I just enjoy talking about NASCAR. So let's get into this week's race at Kansas Speedway. Number one. Kansas is a a good mile and a half track. Uh, It's a good fit for the playoffs because it can be a high intensity track at times as we've seen in the past. It can also turn into long runs and fuel mileage type races Uh, but it is multi-groove which is nice which will ultimately uh, lead to better racing Uh, which is always more fun Tyler Reddick was on the pole there was a good uh, good sized crowd I don't know if it was a sellout but it was darn close and the weather was perfect for racing Uh, I think it's it's not only a good fit for the playoffs, but it's a good fit for where it's at in the playoffs. Uh, it's in the middle of a cutoff round, and it's at the beginning of the playoffs. Which makes sense to me because it can lead to uh, to success for the playoff drivers that are set up right for that type of track. And I know you could say that for any track, but Kansas has a, a history of... Um, of drama and and causing later round issues from what happened at Kansas. Uh, so I was excited to get the race going, which brings us right into our second point. Number two. So as mentioned, Reddick had the pull, but Logano took the lead early uh, on the outside, and that seemed to be the dominant restart zone all day. Uh, early trouble for Harvick after... What appeared to be a dominating run by Harvick at the end of the season, he's really struggled in this first round of the playoffs. Uh, Lap 33, it was. Bubba Wallace and Ross Chastain were racing hard and kind of slid up the track in front of Harvick, took out a tire. He was really the victim of the incident. Uh, And then shortly thereafter in stage one, Reddick hit the wall, which brought out the next caution. And uh, that was from a flat tire, spun getting on pit road. Uh, And then Christopher Bell won stage one. Uh, Stage two, early in, Ty Gibbs lost a tire in turn two, which brought out the caution. And I bring up all these tire issues because this was the big issue with Kansas in the spring race. The new car, the low profile tire, and there's no uh, inner liner in these tires. And I assumed if you gave NASCAR, I don't know, was it been six months, maybe three, four, five months since the race at Kansas, 
the, it was a known issue. It was highly talked about and debated that NASCAR in Goodyear would fix this. And I think they look really bad at these intermediate tracks with this continued issue. And I know it's not completely to blame NASCAR and Goodyear. Some of it is crew chiefs gambling with tire pressures to try and uh, get a spark in their car. But the level at which it's happening, you know, you can blame a crew chief when it happens once, maybe twice, but it's happening so much. Uh, continuing on, on the restart from the, the Reddick spin, uh, Harrison Burton remembered he was Harrison Burton, which brought out the caution, uh, took out the 10 car and the 43 car. I've said it once, I'll say it again. Why Harrison Burton is in cup other than his last name is beyond me. Uh, you know, you look at other legacy drivers like Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott spent years in the lower series. He was in his uh, later or early 20s when he came up. He, he had the experience. I, I think he won an Xfinity championship. Seems like Harrison Burton, he looks like he's 14, and he's just been shot up to the cup. I don't get it. Uh, and then late in stage two, the most beautiful sight of all, Kyle Busch lost a tire and spun through the infield. I've said it a thousand times. There's nothing that brings me more joy than watching that 18 car uh, spinning. And then to finish out, uh, you know, stages one and two weren't that exciting other than these tire issues. Alex Bowman won stage two. Uh, Alex Bowman, who had early success, kind of fell off through the summer part, has really come alive in the playoffs, earning stage wins and, and finishing uh, pretty well and putting himself in good position. So let's look on to stage number three. Number three. Stage three was largely uneventful uh, until lap 68. Alex Bowman was leading. Uh, Bubba Wallace ran him down and took the lead. And then Bubba kind of ran away with it from there. Uh, won his second career race. First non-range shortened race. Congrats to him. Uh, I'm sure his win really bothers a bunch of people. I've seen a bunch of people on social media complaining. Uh, I don't get it. I, I truthfully don't understand the hate for Bubba Wallace. He's a quality driver. Um... I think that you have to be pretty simple-minded to to have the idea that I keep hearing is Bubble Wallace's quote shoved down our throats. You're a grown-up, first of all, and media is optional. And you can get it from any source you want. Nothing is shoved down your throat. You're a grown man. If you don't want to pay attention to Bubba Wallace, don't pay attention to him. I pay very little attention to Kyle Busch because I don't care for him. He's not shoved down your throat. You just can't accept that uh, the storyline that follows Bubba isn't one that you necessarily don't like. It's asinine. It's hysterical. Bubba Wallace is a good driver. Uh, he's not my guy. I, I don't necessarily root for him. I don't really root against him either. But he won the race, and he won it in uh, in convincing fashion. So good for him. 
I hope he enjoys his win. Second straight playoff, non-playoff driver to win. I'm very curious if that trend continues. I know typically later in the playoffs, you see most of the drivers are kind of out there for a Sunday drive because they don't want to mess up a championship for another guy. Uh, but early in these playoffs, the, the rest of the field is competing and competing pretty hard, uh, which is good to see. So I'd like to see that uh, continue. Uh, so that's really all I have on the Kansas race. I do have some additional thoughts. I, I, and I've, for those of you who have been listening, I typically use my fourth point as a uh, news and going-ons around NASCAR. So here are my thoughts on that. Number four. So there were two big notable events that happened this week in NASCAR, in the NASCAR world. Number one, Kyle Busch is going to Richard Childress Racing, which I guess is a big deal. I think it's lame that Tyler Tyler Reddick is getting bumped out of the eight car next year, uh, but it is what it is. At least he still has a ride with RCR next year, and I'm sure he'll land on his feet elsewhere. For up to me, I'd rather have a, a solid up-and-comer like Reddit than a washed-up Kyle Busch. Uh, but that's coming from the perspective of somebody who absolutely hates Kyle Busch. Uh, also, from an organizational standpoint, I have to assume that Reddick is less expensive than Kyle Busch. And I guarantee that he comes with less headaches than Kyle Busch. I'm surprised with the current... Uh, the current trend in NASCAR of veteran drivers not only moving to a team but becoming a part owner, that that was not part of Kyle Busch's deal. But it is what it is. Uh, the only positive I can take out of it is uh, he's out of a Toyota and into a Chevy. But please, for the love of God, can we stop comparing Kyle Busch to Dale Sr.? It's laughably inaccurate. Kyle Busch is not Dale Sr. Dale Sr. was a man's man and handled his business. Kyle Busch is a crybaby. He acts like a brat. And th there's just no comparison. The only comparison that I can think of is they both win, or won, a lot. <clears throat> but that's that's really... Uh, ugh, it makes me sick. Uh, also, the other big story in NASCAR this week uh, was the schedule came out. There were not a lot of major changes. Some notable changes uh, were they're doing the Coliseum for the Clash again. Uh, I do question if it's beating a drum. You know, the excitement of that was it was a once-in-a-lifetime, one-off type thing. And now it's two years in a row. I know NASCAR fans will show up in droves, but they had a lot of non-NASCAR fans show up to that just to sort of see what it's all about and, uh, you know, get, get the sight and the spectacle in. And I can't imagine that that will be the case uh, this time. Um, I'm sure it will still be successful. I guess if NASCAR is going to spend over a million dollars to put a temporary track in, I wouldn't mind them doing it in other areas just to see what it's like. Um, but... It is also February, so the options are kind of limited. Um, other notables, the Bristol Dirt Race is back, which I'm not a fan of. I think Bristol is such a cool track, 
that I wish that they would just run the the spring race at Bristol on, on the concrete. I think the, the dirt race is a gimmick. It provides for crummy racing. I don't think the drivers like it. And um, I, I wish they would do away with it. And then um, the Circuit of the Americas is gone in favor for the Chicago street race. And I'll really hold my thoughts on that. Uh, I've got to see it before I can really either put it down or buy in. It's just so hard to tell. First time on a street. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see that one. My interest is peaked and I will, I will wait to see. And then lastly, uh, North Wilkesboro is getting the all-star race. This is one of those events. That I think it's cool because I'll be watching on TV. Uh, I heard it was an absolute, the late model race that Dale Jr. ran there a few weeks ago. I heard was an absolute nightmare for fans. Uh, and from a TV coverage standpoint, I get a little worn out on the broadcast telling us how cool it is, which we're going to hear a lot of. They're going to tell us how nostalgic and how great it is. I often find if you have to tell, tell people that something is great, it, it's probably not that great. That said, the on-track competition will more than likely be uh, good and fun to watch. It's not something I would like to attend. I think North Wilkesboro being so rural and the track having sat so long is just not ready to host a Cup Series race. But... Overall, I think it's a great idea, especially as an all-star race, not not as a points-bearing race. Uh, more or less just a fun event to um, to show off one of the historic tracks. I will be looking forward to that. And speaking of looking forward, let's get on to next week's race. Number five. Number five, looking forward, the Bristol Night Race. The Bristol Night Race is one of my top three favorite races of the year. I was lucky enough to attend it in person uh, last year, or maybe it was two years ago. And it was the absolute highlight of my racing uh, fandom. They say it's the pilgrimage, and I couldn't agree more. It is awe-inspiring to see it in person, to hear it. Such an amazing track. Uh, and something about that track at night, it just comes alive and it's so much at stake. NASCAR has done such a good job of choosing which races are the cutoff races, not just for the regular season, but now Bristol's a cutoff race, uh, which just ramps up the intensity. No playoff driver has won yet in these playoffs. So that ramps up the intensity. It's going to be an absolute brawl and i cannot wait i will be watching with bells on i have been predicting these playoffs my first four out and it's changed each week and it will continue to change uh this week i am going to predict kevin harvick austin sendrick daniel suarez and austin dillon do not advance to the next round my winner prediction is joey logano uh, so go ahead and bet your house on it. If you win, chip me off 10%. If you lose, you, you shouldn't have bet that much anyway. That's really on you. Uh, and full disclosure, that 
that prediction is based on fandom and fandom alone. Just pure slappy wanting my guy to advance to the next round. Uh, so that's my thoughts on, on this week's race. And I really appreciate you taking the time to, to listen. But what I'd really appreciate more is to share with me your thoughts. I'd love to hear if you agree or disagree with me. Or just share your thoughts, anything NASCAR related. Let's have a fun conversation. Go to Facebook and search the top five, all spelled out, the word five, not the number. You'll see the NASCAR Cup Series logo uh, and my goofy face with the Logano hat on. And uh, leave a comment. Or you can go to patreon.com forward slash the top five and do the same thing. So thanks so much for listening. This has been the top five, and I'm Connor.